Welcome to the Sheepdog Wife Podcast. This is your host. Let's have a conversation. Hello, 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 and welcome back. This is episode two of the Sheepdog Wife Podcast. I'm going to be hitting on something that's a little bit of a heavy topic, I think, but one that I think universally affects the families of law enforcement as well as other first responders and really any anyone in a high-stress job with a lot of mandatory training, etc. And today I would like to discuss what to expect when you are dealing with medical emergencies or the loss of a loved one while your LEO is working. <clears throat> For me, even though, um, as discussed in the previous episode, my household has not been in the law enforcement career for long, we have actually had a couple of situations that have arisen already in that tenure, which I think helped to work me into the concept of having to handle some pretty significant things, um, on my own, which has in a lot of ways been helpful growth-wise for growing in my faith. But we're going to go ahead and delve into some of that today. I do want to give a disclaimer um, that this topic is still very fresh for me. The situations that are going to be mentioned are really, really fresh within the past year and They may be hard for other listeners. So I just full disclosure, we are going to be touching on dementia diagnosis and the passing away of a loved one. So with all of that in mind, let's take take a deep breath and dive on in. So I'd like to get started with just a little bit of background on my family, just to give context to what I'm going to speak about today. I'm an only child, raised with my mother and father, and we are pretty close, but our extended family does get a little bit more messy. So the only real grandparents that I saw consistently and had a very constant relationship with were my maternal grandparents, my mama and papa. My mom is one of two children, and she has an older sister who is not particularly involved in the family. She, whether purposeful or just pure ignorance, is not aware and does not seem to care to be aware or involved with what's going on. And that was made pretty obvious to my mom through multiple attempts to connect with her and try to get her help in being a little bit more attentive and watching out for mom and pop up as they've gotten a little older and health issues have begun to arise, um, which would have been very, very helpful just due to locality as my parents do live a couple of hours away from my mom and pop pop's home, whereas my aunt lives maybe about 10 or 15 minutes away. And my husband and myself um, 
we've never lived closer to them than about two and a half hours. Uh, With our relocation for his new career, we're now about three and a half hours away from them, I think. So that's just a little bit of context. Um, My husband and I were in the hospital facing a medical emergency of our own in June of 2019 with my mother visiting my husband in the hospital. And we received a phone call from my mom stating that my pop-up had had a fall in the upstairs of their home and they'd been trying for a couple of hours apparently to try to get him up off the floor and she could not. And he was forbidding her to call an ambulance for him. Which I turned to my mom and said, well, he may have forbidden her to do it, but he has not forbidden me to do it, and I have not made any such promise to not to. So I went ahead and called for an ambulance and kissed my husband goodbye, left him at at the hospital in his hospital room, and my mother and I got in the car and rushed off to get to their hospital a couple hours away as soon as possible to meet them there. Now, the result of this particular hospital admission for my pop-up really was months of additional testing, being in and out of rehab and therapy facilities and in and out of emergency rooms and hospitals for months, a plethora and small army of doctors, nurses, specialists, and it really seemed like we just weren't getting any answers. People either weren't focused enough on his situation or seemed to not want to give us a diagnosis, but we did eventually receive in late 2019 a diagnosis of dementia for him. Now he continued to decline rather severely and have other outstanding issues that we, my mother and my mom and I felt could not be solely due to dementia. Um, We really, we had an ongoing battle from that diagnosis in 2019 all the way into the summer of 2021 to finally figure out what other health issues were going on with him. Every time that we would try to communicate with hospital staff when he would be readmitted, they would say, oh, this, this, or that, that's all just just a result of dementia. It's just a side effect. That's just how it is. Um, I don't really want to get into all of the nitty gritty awful details of it, but suffice to say, in the summer of 2021, while my husband was away for his academy training in Georgia, and I was home alone with our three daughters, Um, we were finally given answers to what was actually causing all of the additional issues and extremely severe and terrifying weight loss for my pop-up was that he had leukemia, um, and he had had it for quite some time. Now, This obviously was causing his body to deteriorate significantly faster than a lone dementia diagnosis would, I think. So for 
all of 2021, it was hit or miss when we would be able to visit whether he would be in a good mood and seem like himself or if he would not. And I was always a little bit nervous when I would try to go and visit him, just having three such small children that have so much energy, not knowing if he was going to be in the mood to have to deal with that energy or not. And obviously that was not on him or it a negative for him in any way, but it made me nervous that I would be putting additional stress or strain on him or on my mom by visiting. So it was a very stressful time. And after his leukemia diagnosis, we were able to finally secure a spot in hospice care for him. It was something that we had wanted for a while, but with COVID restrictions and things, there were a lot of limitations. Spots were very hard to find. And um, there was actually a period of time for over a month where none of us were able to see him because they kept quarantining him because he was being changed from facility to facility because no one wanted to have him there on a more permanent basis. So a lot of time was stolen um, near the end just by formality and restrictions, which has been very hard. But we were able to get him into hospice care. And um, that happened while my husband was still away at the academy. I do just want to make sure that I clarify in case I wasn't clear that the um, quarantining issues that we were having were before we were able to have that leukemia diagnosis and get the recommendation and basically referral for hospice. Um, once we had those things, the big issue was just facing the fact that hospice care was needed and the end was near and preparing my mom to be able to move forward with that. The hospice coordinator that my mother and my mom met with together was wonderful. Um, as far as I know, she's actually kept up checking in on them periodically to this day. And, um, we did not have any further COVID restriction or quarantine issues preventing us from seeing him after that point. Um, but by the time we did get him into hospice, I think it was, it was barely a week that we had left with him. So we were able to get him into a facility and we had him in hospice care so we could go and visit him. And we saw him and then went home because, again, it was it was a couple of hours from my home and my mother was also a couple of hours from them. And then my mom and I were also split by a couple of hours. So we kind of had this travel triangle that we were trying to contend with during all of this. And I was trying to keep the uh, old homestead held together with our girls while my husband was gone and he was concerned and trying to check up on me as much as possible but he was still in the throes of his training he'd already been delayed for an injury and covid and i really did not want to have to lengthen the the training process and have him be gone even longer so 
he asked me if I thought I, you know, if I needed him, he said that he would absolutely go to the people in charge and see if it would be possible due to family emergency to, to be able to come home for a period of time. And I, I told him that I didn't think that that was something I wanted him to do. I wanted to make sure that he was, he was doing what he needed to do. And for me, knowing that his training was going well, having our family's future secured by his career being secured was important to me for stability during that time. And so I told him to not even bother talking to them, especially because the outcome of that conversation wasn't guaranteed anyway, and I would just work it out on my own. So we got the final call from my mom saying that she thought that it would be time for us to say goodbye to him, and um, we went to visit him. I did end up being the last person that he spoke to. His final words were, I love you as best as he could say. And I had our youngest with me, whom we had actually named after him. And she looks a lot like I did when I was a baby. And I'm sure any of you who have had to struggle with Alzheimer's or dementia, a loved one, you know that they can say wonderful things. And you're pretty sure that they, that they know that it's you that they're talking to. But sometimes they might think you're someone else. And I choose to think that he knew that it was me and his namesake that he was talking to that day. But there's, there's a good possibility that when he was looking at me, he thought he was seeing my mom holding me as a baby. Um, either way, there are no words to describe the honor and the heartbreak of knowing that I'm the last person that he was able to speak to on this earth. So, all of that suffice to say, um, Pop-Pop Pop -Pop passed away a few days after that happened. Um, I did not get a chance to see him again. So his final words on Earth were also the final experience that I had with him. And I really... I was trying to mentally prepare myself, um, knowing that it was going to be a rough, a rough road, but I really feel like the entire experience was an example of that phrase, you know, God gives you the grace for what you need to go through or the strength to go through what you need to get through the moment that you need it. He doesn't give it to you before you need it. Um, because I had no idea how I was going to handle hearing the news when the fine time finally came. And my mother was staying with me that week. Um, she had gotten some time off of work and my mom was planning to stay at the hospice location with Pop-Pop so that he was not alone. And so my mom stayed with me so that we could take a little bit of a breather. But if we got the news, I did not want her to have to do a couple of hour drive 
to her mom. I wanted to be able to take her there if she needed to go on short notice. Um, so she was staying with me and she got a call and you just, I don't know what it is, but you just know when you get a call sometimes that the news is going to, to change everything even before you hear the words. And sure enough, that was it. And the amount of just calm that God so graciously gave me in that moment. I will never understand what I did to to be given that. Um, but I just, I kind of settled in and I knew I needed to focus on something to get through that. And my mom was going to pieces a little bit. Um, she had a really close relationship with her dad, which I think is a wonderful thing. But it made the entire situation almost unbearable for her. And so her mom had asked her because she didn't have her address book with her if she could call the family and notify them. And I knew she wasn't up to that task and I did not want either of them to have to do it. So I volunteered. Um... I called all of our extended family that needed to be the first point of contact to receive information like that, and I passed on the news to them. Um, and then I sat down and I started writing his obituary. And that probably sounds like a really horrible and morbid thing, but in all reality, getting to have that opportunity to speak with family members to gather information on what they remembered most about him, the experiences that they remember having with him and what he was like was one of the most cathartic things I could have experienced in that situation. And it is a gift that I will forever be grateful that I was able to receive. Um, and it was, it was really just, it was an incredible thing. So, I suppose from, from this lengthy story, the best advice that I really could give um, in, in the moment, in the throes of a situation, if you are currently in the middle of it and driving to that, to that heartbreaking, life-changing event right now and happen to be listening to this podcast to keep you distracted, or if you are mentally preparing for one that you know is going to be happening soon because all the warning signs are there, or if you are one of the people who have been blessed to not lose anyone close to you yet, I just want to give a little bit of encouragement and a reminder that there is nothing that will be in your life if you have faith in God that you will not be able to get through with his help. I, before it happened, I could not imagine getting through the loss of one of my grandparents without my husband with me. And I think, I think God really used the entire situation to cultivate independence in me a little bit and also 
cultivate more dependence on God. So more independence from my husband and more dependence on God. And those, those are both really good things. It's excellent to be there for your spouse or loved one, but when you get to the point where you are relying on a, a human being more than you're relying on your creator, then that's, that's not a good place to be in. Um, the best, the best advice that I could give really is to, for me anyway, to find a way to be useful. After all the phone calls were made and the obituary was written and submitted and released, I was able to turn my focus a little bit on um, discussing plans for a luncheon. My pop-up was the type of person who absolutely hated funerals. Um, a lot of people that he cared about passed away and he never went to the funerals. <laughs> um and that wasn't because he didn't care about them. I think it was because he genuinely, he cared too much to be able to handle being in that setting. So he was adamant that that was not what he wanted. So we decided to have a lunch for the family to get together and just see each other because it was rare that we did get to all get together and see each other. So I I let mom bounce a few decisions off of me. She wanted to get my opinion on a couple of things and asked my mom's opinion on even more. And my mom was feeling a little bit more recovered where she was much more involved with that portion of things than I was. But overall, it was, it was really helpful to be able to have that to focus on. And I will, I'll never forget. I didn't really, I let my husband know when it happened, but I didn't want to let myself break down in front of my mom or in front of my kids because they were missing him too. And I remember going to church that Sunday after I found out and my husband's family were all there and my father-in-law came over and put an arm around me because they have already walked this path with all of their grandparents set. And I just burst into tears and cried all over that poor man in the middle of our church service. And <laughs> I can't describe how thankful I am that I have the relationship with my in-laws where that was even an option because the amount of relief that I was able to get just from being able to have someone who was a little bit out of it, to be able to just cry through and not feel like I was putting undue emotional strain on him. It was the greatest gift I could have received in that moment, I think. Well, I guess one more piece of advice that I would have in that situation is to make sure that you do have a moment, and sometimes people will need more than one moment. Sometimes they'll be spread out over years. Um, but make sure that you have a moment where you are able to just let out the emotions that you're dealing with. Um, it doesn't have to be the moment that you find out. It might take some time to sink in, but let, let that emotion out. And if you need to find a friend 
or a person that is a little bit more removed from the situation so that you can do it without feeling like you're burdening someone, then do that. That's what I needed and my father-in-law was able to be that person for me. Um, but do it. And if you are someone who's on the outside looking in, seeing somebody that you care about going through something really hard and not knowing how to help them, be the person that they can they can just cry all over and be that wonderful, wonderful gift to them that doesn't mind if their nose is running and they can't breathe because they're crying too hard. Sometimes letting, letting someone be that vulnerable with you is the best thing that you can do in that situation because no one... No one really ever has the right words to say because there isn't really a right thing to say. Sometimes it's just a horrible situation and there are no words that are going to make it feel better. But letting people feel, that that can help to make things feel a little better. So... To all of you wonderful people out there who have let someone cry all over you when they're having a hard time, God bless you. You are a wonderful, wonderful gift to society. Um, yeah. Dementia is, is atrocious and cancer is atrocious and I pray that anybody who's listening does not have to lose a loved one in that way. But if you do, know that you are not alone. And whenever something horrible like that happens, you always end up realizing that there are a lot more people who have gone through something like that around you than you realize. We just don't always talk about it and so you end up finding the club by accident once it's all over. Overall, I guess, I'll just close with the fact that going through something like that without your spouse being able to be there in a traditional sense to support you, it sounds like something that you wouldn't be able to manage. But you can. You will find the strength to do it in the moment because it's what you need to do. And I pray that your spouse is able to support you through that in non-traditional ways like mine was able to. He wasn't there with me physically, but I knew that he was thinking of me and praying for me. And he he never let me feel like he was forgetting about what was happening back at home or what we were going through. But you can do this. It's hard, and it's not something that I would wish for someone to have to do. But you can. And with that, I will speak with you all again next week.